you know, you know what, mate? Things can only get better. Yeah, that's what I said. I literally (laughs) said that, and then I went to Halifax and my house froze. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at every point, you can always say things will only get better. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I've got terminal cancer, but things can only get better. Welcome to Tanked Up. Welcome to Tanked Up 2017. It's kind of season three, if we're working it in that kind of way, which we sort of are. We are not be. Who knows? Who fucking knows? It's 2017. We're going to do a special episode looking back at 2016, because why the fuck not? We're also doing a special episode with two very special beers, um, which we'll talk about in a moment. I'm Benoda. I'm joined by Adil Kerji. Who you've already heard because I never obey the wait until your name is said rule of podcasting. And we're joined by Lucy Yearwood. Hello, thank you for having me again. Hey Lucy. You're both you're both well, aren't you? Yeah, both look well. Very much so. New good. year. New ah. beers to try. All oh, good. Oh good, good. I made um, a I made a twenty sixteen gaming joke that no one got and it made me sound sad. Fuck. This is a good story. It's all right. On the edit, you can just cut both of us out so everybody hears it and then cut us back in again. Yeah, but then you're still not ignoring. I said down well. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, but then instead of uh, saying sound, I don't even. I sound, I said sad. Wasn't again. that like 2014? Oh, I don't know. Well, no, it was, no, no, it was Danwell, last year. Danwell was last year. Yeah, Danwell was last year. Undertale was 2015. Late. Downwell uh, was 2016, yeah, and Inside right. was 2016, and those are the three random similar. indie darling splashes um, that stick in my memory as a tri- as a triforce, um, as a triad that uh, I don't know why they're associated because they are trifecta. Of uh, that's the word. Nice, good, yes. Yeah, Tricorner hat. Right, the tricorner hat of indie gaming. <laughs> So we'll have to make it for you. That's us. We're the tri-corner hat of indie games. Oh, I see. Oh, yes, that makes sense. Apparently, just want to derail our short, short uh, (laughs) year-end podcast that starts at the beginning of the previous year. Right. Subsequent. Subsequent, yes. We are going to talk about games of last year, the games that we liked and the games that disappointed us a little bit. But, firstly, beers. And just after we open our first beer, we're actually going to talk about our thoughts very briefly on a new Nintendo console. <gasps> we never Ooh. talk about Nintendo on this podcast. We, never. we rarely we rarely have the opportunity to, but Who's now Nintendo? we're going to do it. Exactly. Did it's I, Japan. Who knows? Did I talk about Mario Run on this podcast? I don't think I did. I don't no. think you did. No. Save it. Yeah. Save it. Yeah, oh, speaking thoughts. of beers, uh, it's a beer special. We are drinking two of the... Cloudwater double IPAs. Now, we've mentioned them before because we've had, I think, the version 6 and the version 7. Yeah. Um, I know Ben and I split a bottle of the version 7 um, some months mm. ago. But that it's basically... An, yeah. I, um, I couldn't find it. I've only had 6, so jealous of you two. Yeah. We missed 8. But we have the 9 That's and tough. the 10 today. We um, do. All so, of us. So we're starting with the 9, which is uh, not available in stores. Um, we've been saving it for, for, uh, since just before Christmas, uh, before yeah. the yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. 
both of them both of them came out just before christmas yeah the nine came out yeah. sort of early december um but basically they they hear feedback and um based on the feedback refine their double ipa and come out with the new versions so the v9 is based on i believe it was yeah uh is based on uh the seven and eight? No, it must be the six and seven. I think is what we read online. I uh, I, I can't remember now. It's it's gone from my uh, from my mind exactly what combination of them um, are, are making up these next few. Um, I believe they're also bringing out an eleven and a twelve, which is also based on the same set of data that they've collected. Yeah. So there's almost I think four different oh, beers see, yeah. coming out of that collection. Yeah. On the back of the bottle, it said Clydewater Bruco units seven and eight. Oh, but that's Does their, that mean um, anything? Does that no, mean? That's, that's I think that's, their, that's just an address. Their address. But okay, um, so it what long. started w- with version 9 is it's the first of their monthly DIPA releases. V9 features Citra and Simcoe Lupulin powder, Lupulin powder and a new development in hop preparation from YCH. So up until um, uh, version 8, it was sort of a little random when they were coming out with them. Um, and and then they they pledged to release them monthly, um, and so the we'll at least see I assume nine plus twelve twenty one v twenty one by the year's end. This so yeah that makes sense because uh, November and December were nine and ten. Yeah, 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 it does. It does. You think they'll commit to that monthly? Well, it's it says monthly on the bottle and the other yeah. bottle. It's a, a lot. It, I mean, I know. They take from past um, iterations to, you know, develop a, upon what's you know come before it. But I don't know. It just seems like yeah, that doesn't I, leave much space for them to, you know. Act, I mean, Cloudwater, you know, one of the best in the business, but just doesn't seem like a long time to get all well, that feedback. I know and the develop the mm. seven or the the seven was based on the four and five. So they were like staggering. They were sort of skipping one. So they were had a lag. And I think when I yeah. think basically they looked for the once they got into a groove, they figured they could do it monthly, um, which is why the nine is the beginning of the monthly releases, even though it's the ninth iteration. It's um it's also something that we should discuss before we get into games. Whilst we're first um, trying this beer out first, uh, Cloudwater did a blog post right at the start of the year to um, suggest the way forward for 2017, what the brewery was going to be doing. And uh, the the first part of that is that they're going to be doing um, all of their beers in cans. They're moving to a a canned line. Um, And I believe it's a 440 uh, or a 500 ml can. Um, So, so they're upping, yeah, they're upping into a larger, um, vessel as such and they're going to cans i can't remember the exact reason why they're going to cans but the controversial part of the blog post was um the uh, the guy that owns it saying that they're no longer going to be doing cask beers they're only going to be doing bottle canned and uh, kegs uh ultimately because of money uh you know the production and having to get casks back from people to then rewash them, to reuse them and all the infrastructure involved, plus the markup and how much places can sell cask beer for, you know, and them saying, well, we can't buy a a cask off you for X number of pounds because we'll never make our money on it. Right. Um, It sort of has led them down the path to, um, to, to to stop that. So before we give our first thoughts on this beer, um, will either of you like to, to, you know, cask beer is a huge staple of pubs. 
So do you think this is a, a bad thing, Lucy first? Um, I don't know, because I'm not sure. Does Clyde Water really appear in a lot of pubs? I, I, I don't know. Is it? Is it one of those that, you know, that's a staple across a lot of places or is it just, it, all I hear about Cloudwater is like, you know, version six, version seven, you got to get a, got to get a bottle there, you know, extremely special edition, mm. um, you know, decreased release. And it's like, it just seems like the hype for them is probably drummed up through that. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Are they very popular in pubs or? Um, I, I'm I'm not sure. I think it was it, it was sort of a, a a much shared article because a lot mm. of people were saying, you know, is this one going to be one of the first brewers to start doing this? Is it sort of a trend that's going to continue across craft beer? And some yeah. casks have just disappeared from the um, from the scene. You know, um, it sounds but, like it sounds like the Nintendo. Oh, yeah. I, I I was ju- I was just. <laughs> Like, were you going to say that? No, I was that? waiting because I, I, I was like, "Oh, should I halt sit on this because it's a good segue yeah. between topics?" Yeah, <laughs> you're talking about artificial <laughs> scarcity rumors. We're going It's like I've always heard about cloud water because that's the thing. When I when I used to drink cloud water back in the day um, and buy their buy their bottles, it used to be just out of morbid curiosity. But I wasn't too fond on their beers. It's like it's like Wild Beer Company. They do really good experiments but some of them hit mm. some of them don't and i felt yeah. that same way about cloud water but okay. the fact that it's like oh there's only going to be so many bottles um sent out throughout the country for i don't know version five version four etc etc it's like you want to be there that's probably the only mm. reason i bought mm. version 10 and, and 9 because i wasn't too fond of version 6 you lot tasted version 7 but i just think it's that kind of I mean, it's good for the industry. Um, it's like it's like Brewdog. It's like um, Born to Die. They only do so many um, for each year or so, something like that. It's like you want to be in there. You want to taste it. So I'm not sure if you know having cast not having cast is going to damage their business. Yeah, fair enough. But what yeah. do you lot think? What do you think they do? Um, I think um, this beer smells lovely, um, and I'm having a difficulty <laughs> not going for it. Um, uh, basically, I agree with you. I, I think I may have seen a cloud water in the odd um, uh, brew pub, like like your beer emporiums here in uh, Bristol. Um, but you're right. I don't think it's it's. They definitely are marketing. At least they're marketing themselves to be very sort of niche run, and that's just not sustainable to do small batch draft. Because mm-hmm. the pubs want some consistency on their taps, unless yeah. they're their sort of beer emporium type, and then you need to be putting out the volume of different things so that you can keep, so they can get the, they might have a not, not the same thing, but the supplier is giving them a steady stream of things, and I just don't think that Cloudwater's sort of in that type of business. So it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, um, yeah, at definitely. the same time, uh, you know, more variety is better for the consumer, but producers yeah. have costs. So I think I think it's okay. I also think that they're a unique enough brewer that it's not really going to make a lot of waves in the industry. Um, others might follow, but I don't think they'll. It'll be as easy for sort of your your more regular um, stock. Uh, it, it would be it would be different if someone like St. Austell or uh, Bath Ales, one of the sort of staple cask beers, 
decided to go completely different and just yeah. change their their model completely yeah. um like you say i think they're a um it, you know they produce event beers like these two they produce sort of seasonal runs um unlike st austin or bath ales who have a, a very staple set of beers which they can consistently throw out to pubs who yeah. will always have them on tap and it probably helps their costs that they have constantly got that run going rather than trying to fit in a seasonal beer that's only going to be around for a couple of months. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, a good metaphor um, is that is in a lot of cases, um, like if you, in tailoring, you have bespoke and you have made to measure. And a lot of times yeah. the quality will be very similar because you, your dimensions are your dimensions. And if you just measure yourself and um, send in your measurements and they're on file, someone makes you a suit, to order to your measurements, it's not going to be that much different to a bespoke suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, bodies do change and there's that little bit. And when you make your uh, bespoke tailors make it a point to sort of live in that niche difference between the two. And I think this Cloudwater dip series is sort of an exemplar of that idea of like nice. really trying to sit with the consumer and get mm. their exact needs rather than yeah, sort of yeah. their statistical needs. Good. Um, yeah. Let's um. Let, let's that's move probably on. one of the most pretentious things I've said. Hey man, no, but it makes <laughs> it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, so it does definitely sum up. It, um, uh, it sums it up very well. I'm getting um, mellow so, off the nose. Definitely, there's a a, a, a nice fruitiness to the nose. Yeah. I'm already half. I'm already almost halfway through my. I know, and <laughs> I, I've been waiting patiently, slash then talking. But um, you could definitely say, smell that Simcoe. Yeah, you can. Yeah. That is it the big starts, smell on it. It starts off very, a bit, for me, a bit hoppy, um, a bit refreshing, Ooh. and then it when you when you have that you know that second wave, it, it gets a bit you know, a bit you realise this is a you know, it's a deeper, it's um, it's a double IPA. It gets a bit you know, a bit caramel, a bit, mm-hmm. a bit. You can taste the ABV. Yeah, um, if you were, if you remember the version six, I yeah. believe we found that one really viscous. Yeah, it, it was very syrupy. syrupy. Yeah, this, this is one's... Um, thinner it's, almost, yeah, it's but it doesn't lose thinner. any of the flavour. Though it, it's still a nice, a nice flavourful beer. Um, yeah. I am getting a bit of kind of you know the, the Simcoe, the kind of tropical fruity kind of flavour from it, but it's not just that. There is, as you say, Lucy, you're kind of getting a couple of different flavours as you move through the taste of the beer so it's not um, overbearing like the volume six was uh the version mm, six. Mm. yeah very yeah very I, I, it's I, much um, lighter on the tongue yeah yeah uh it's uh we didn't say before but it's nine percent um and yes although you do taste as as lucy mentioned the abv sort of on that second wave of the taste um it still doesn't sort of to me taste no. like a nine percent um i do think that um now again, my memory is months old, but it feels like it's more carbonated than previous versions, and I think that that's helping with the thinness yeah, coming in on the second wave. I'd say more hoppy, a bit more light. Um, to be honest, you'd probably know better than me because you had the version seven, um, but the f- version six definitely just it just t- it tasted like it had been sat for a while, and it was very yeah, as viscous and. Very syrupy. It tastes like, not not to be you know disparaging, a bit like cough medicine. That sort yeah, of texture. yeah, I th- yeah. I was so, just saying it's that it's yeah. that um that more velvety um mm. 
texture that that the V6 had that definitely sort of stuck on your tongue as it flowed over, rather yeah. than this definitely feels like it's just gliding over. Yeah, yeah it, kind it feels of says more a... like an IPA, you know, what you yes, think it does, of yeah, IPA, yeah. a bit more hoppy, a bit more refreshing, a bit more light to it, yeah. It kind of says a lot that um, I, I, I seem to remember that we preferred the version 7, that we thought it was quite a good beer, but I do not remember anything about that beer, yet I remember quite a lot about the version 6, because okay. it was yeah. different and we kind of didn't like it very much and you you sort of you've got that beer in the back of your mind and you think what would be better than that so we're kind of almost measuring it against the 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 the, the worst version that we've had mm. but it's kind of that is is kind of overpowered the version seven which for me at least is just lost from memory yeah well, i definitely just remember process, it was good isn't it so you know yeah the, the version six was well not horrible but not our favorite version seven mm. it probably improved on it but it wasn't anything memorable and now yeah. you know version nine well we'll see about the version 10 later yeah. um, process so yeah it looks like we're going Good. in the right direction it does it does let's enjoy these and let us talk about the nintendo switch you oh, might you have heard me click there you go motherfucker. now that is <laughs> i can't click i'm shit at clicking it's like the adams family Except <laughs> no catchy tune. Nice, good. good. Um, you go. call it clicking? We call mm. it clicking and switching. Not ah. snapping? You don't snap no, it's a North American thing, you snap. The, yeah. yeah. Click. We no, Nintendo snap. snap. It doesn't sound as... A click is... Good. Oh, I just sent... <laughs> I inadvertently clicked and made Lucy the biggest screen. We're saying words that don't relate to Nintendo, right? Let's talk about Nintendo. Um, so they've released a new console. They suggested a few games that are going to release throughout the year. I stress the word few. Um, let's start off with you, Adol. Uh, what did you think, very briefly, because we want to get into the games of 2016? Right. Um, I entered um, being pretty intrigued by the Switch. I exited still being intrigued by the Switch, but... I don't really have any need to have it anytime soon. Mm. Um, I have to say um, the highlights for me were I actually want to switch the sort of, up, which is a bunch of mini games surrounding mini games, all the yeah. technology. Um, which in isn't a packing game. Wiimotes. Um, what are they called? Um, Joy-Cons. Yeah. Joy-Cons. Um, mm. like, the, like the, you know, the Western style draw six shooter and and some of yep. the other things. Um, I thought the milking were, game. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed the point of like you you're used to staring at the screen and now you're staring at your at your opponent and how that changes things. I think that's can easily be glossed over, but I think that's clearly down. It's clearly evolved from the Wii, and I think it's super cool. And just like Wii Sports was very much a people were over having a few beers in my undergrad days um, playing Wii Sports. I I just feel like that's the perfect spot to like whip out a uh, a switch with one two with one two switch. I think that's a really cool thing um, that I didn't know about, and I didn't realize there was that much technology in those those little cons. Um, and yeah. then, secondly, I will say that uh, GTA Mario in the streets um, looked <laughs> really amazing, and I immediately yeah. wanted to play it. <laughs> I, I know you're not going to be able to like break things that much like you can clearly jump on a taxi hood and it flaps up you're not gonna be able to like destroy a taxi but in my yeah. mind that it doesn't matter like it just 
seeing Mario in like generic uh, North American, I say because, well, non-British, I'll say because of the side of the steering wheel, uh, downtown urban yep. setting yep. was really cool. And, and yeah. it just was so refreshing that nice. I was immediately excited about it. Yeah, a lot of people. I think the most take the biggest takeaways were Zelda and Mario for most yes. people. So yeah, yeah, I was I was ready for a, a new 3D Mario. Um, I loved mm-hmm. um, uh, the the game on the N64. I love Galaxy Sunshine. I also enjoyed, and I kind of think I prefer my Mario in a, in the 3D aspect rather than uh, the 2D, you know, more traditional oh, 2D games. Um, okay. So I I kind of wanted that but i'm sort of you know i I want games like mario kart and some of the other ones that they have said are coming out but i'm kind of disappointed that they don't have one of those as a launch game you there's there's something synonymous with nintendo and mario and mario should be at the forefront of a release yes they've suggested that you know breath of the wild zelda is coming out for release with it yeah but you know to have just one big game coming out on the release and not to have a choice of things including a mario game kind of doesn't quite do it for me and like you adult i think it's one of those that i'm gonna i'm gonna wait until a lot of a lot more has been released for it or at least a few more things maybe more towards the sort of party scene as such things like mario kart and stuff yeah. um, have released before i even go near it really yeah yeah and i mean lucio uh, for me like mario intrigued to be enough that it's but it's coming out next christmas assuming yeah no they delays. said holiday didn't they so yeah and, and knowing yeah. how these things get delayed it's just sort of like yeah. well yeah lucy what are your what are your thoughts um i think the press conference was pretty poor Mm. um i don't just think that's down to our western sensibilities i think it was pretty poor um on the whole um the thing is is that i i was always going to pre-order i was one of the 12 people who bought a wii u (laughs) because um it's like i i I like the few nintendo first party exclusives i mean i'm not there for zelda and i don't like 3d mario i'm the complete opposite of you ben yeah. I'd rather see a 2D Mario any day over a 3D Mario. Mm. I don't care about 3D Mario. So for me, it's like I'm pre-ordering this as a Nintendo fan. I think all the hardcore – I'm not saying you lot ain't hardcore Nintendo I, fans because I'm sure I, there's a lot of people out there. You know, you, We've all been brought up. We've all grown up with, like, whether it was the NES for me or the SNES or – the GameCube, N64, whatever. Yeah. We've all been brought up with that, and we all love Nintendo deep down. But I think the people who knew who were going to pre-order this, rather than the hardcore, I don't want to say that, the people who knew who were going to pre-order this, who have that in their mind, whatever Switch is, I'm going to pre-order it. We're always going to be there. But yeah, if were, I, yeah. yeah, if I was someone like on the fringes, and thinking, oh, you, you know, if Mario's there, if Spl- Splatoon 2, what, what they announce is there, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'll consider it. But if I wasn't one of those people who were already had it in their mind to, to pre-order before the conference, after that conference, I just think, what's the point? It's like, yeah. you know, there's, there's nothing there. I mean, 
the reason I'm pre-ordering is because that what what they showed was um I know a lot of people like the, these games like Arms and One Two Switch. It's like why are you spending so much time on these games, these packing games, which aren't packing games. You have to buy them, but you know mm. these standard you know launch games. Why are you spending so much, so much time on them? It's because why I'm buying into this console is because the tech is so damn impressive. It's like those Joy-Cons, as expensive as they might be, it's like the tech in them is pretty damn impressive. And it's like, you know, you get all these things like you get IR, you get motion control, you get yep. this, whatever they're called, the HD rumble ice or whatever the yeah, hell it's like called. Yeah, like high fidelity. Rumble HD. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But it's like, it's so impressive to have those in these two little things. Yeah, completely. And it's like this thing can, um, you know, it can undock from your TV, can play it on your TV, can take it with you. You can, okay, even though it's not that impressive, but you can put it on a little stand. You hmm. can play it wherever you are. You can share the controllers. Hey, the iPad still doesn't have a built-in stand. Yeah, it's like in terms of the tech, it's really impressive. And it's like I'm, I'm not in it for the launch lineup because it's very lacking, apart from Bomberman. I'm all in on that. Mm-hmm. But is that, I, is that that's not guaranteed for launch though? Uh, they said that on Treehouse Live, which for anyone who's in you know interested in Nintendo Switch, don't watch the press conference. Watch Treehouse Live. You know it's you know it's people from the states, whatever. But they're 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 saying everything and they're explaining it and they're telling you all the details that you really need to know for launch. Don't bother with the press conference because it was a train yeah. wreck. I'm, I'm sure we'll return to talking about Nintendo Switch in future episodes, but I thought I'd just finish off um, talking about it by almost just reiterating what you were saying, Lucy. Um, I watched the conference, and actually it put me on a little bit of a downer. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really like the presentation style. Translators were so unenthusiastic. I think they were monotone. I think they were probably supposed to be somewhat monotone because that's the... Uh, like it's part of translating corporate. is usually copying mm. the t- timbre of your um yes, your translatee. Yes. Yeah, it just doesn't I, work I, the same. The language is I mean, treated differently. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just it just got me down a little bit, and I wasn't looking forward to it. But watching the treehouse, reading articles that people had started to put up through the day, because obviously the embargo had lifted, people's impressions of the first few games and stuff actually really you know brought me back up again for it. Um, and, and did get me excited for it. But as I say, I just haven't got the the, the game as such there to um, really to to pull me in for it to be a, a, a purchase on launch, I suppose. Um, so it's it's just a difficult one. Yeah, I guess I'm, so, I'm, I'm with both of you. I think um, I'm super into the tech, but without the... Um, Without that launch lineup, first of all, they only mm-hmm. like told us specifically of two games on that. Um, so I'll have to t- check out the Treehouse Live because that might help sway me. But it's yeah. going to have a lackluster pickup if they don't have that lineup at the top because it's enough money that I'm not going to impulse buy it. Yeah. Um, and then it's a question of in in do I buy it at six months or a year? You know when when will it have that critical mass of software that I might care? 
And that the thing about consoles is there's this wonderful period at the beginning where you buy on faith based on that the, mm. what you think things are going to be, and you won't have that because as soon as I'm waiting, I'm going to wait for at least a few of the games I'm super interested in to come out and get reviewed. Yeah, yeah completely, completely. Good. Right, let us move on and talk about the games of 2016. I'm going to start with you, Adam. Um, I wanted to do something a little bit different because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to ask Lucy what her favourite game of 2016 was because we all know you, what you it is. We talked about it last episode. And we've talked about it in the last episode. So what I want to do is maybe just very briefly just talk about a little... Talk about a little hidden gem, perhaps. Not not your favourite game, but something that maybe people missed. Or um, a, a game that you really enjoyed from last year. Oh, balls. Um, uh, you said missed, and, and I realised I haven't played that game for, for many years. That's um, a long year. I've not played that for a long time. Uh, I'm surprised it's not one of the... Um, launch titles of the Switch uh, <laughs> in the virtual console. Um, I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, I looked over the, what, we've, what I've played over the past year, uh, or rather what I've talked about, um, and, and there was no sort of hidden gems in there, except I, I'm going to have to reiterate right from the top of the year, I was one of the... Um, the backers of a little game called Super Hot. Oh, yes. Which yes. became a bigger game. Um, and um, in fact, I need to set up uh, uh, now that I've got my PC here in uh, the UK once more, I need to set up a VR headset because I own Super Hot VR because I was a backer and they gave it to me for free. Yeah. And oh, I, I remember. I remember be- being very effusive about how this game would be so cool with bullet time in, in VR. Um, and then I, clearly they thought the same thing. Um, but if you haven't checked it out, it is definitely the best version of bullet time I've, I've ever seen. I think it's a really unique uh, use of technology to sort of subvert a very standard genre. Um, and it does it with very plain Jane polygonal graphics. Mm. Like you could see that, that the people are meshes. I mean, they're not like Final Fantasy VII polygons, but yeah. you know, there you could see that a torso is probably you know twenty five uh, random polygons all stitched together, yeah. um, and it's exactly what it says. Uh, time only moves when you do, which isn't actually true. Time moves very slowly, and bullets yeah. have lovely yeah. trails. And I think it was a great, great little game that um, got bigger because uh, I played the demo, and that's why I backed it on. Uh, and uh, and I think it's on Lucy. You you might know it's on consoles now. Is it? It's on Xbox. Xbox. I, it hasn't come to PlayStation. Yeah, I didn't think. I, I assume it will. Yeah, probably um, this year. Yeah. Which is great because I think it, it the more um, it's so accessible because everyone's played an mm. FPS. But you don't have to be. It's you don't have to be Twitch. It's like the exact opposite of Call of Duty. Yeah, it's more of a puzzle game rather than yeah, an exactly. FPS. And it's you, a puzzle game seen from a first-person perspective. Mm. Is, yeah, yeah. I mean, because time moves a little bit, you can't like sit on your on your heels and re, like plan everything out and not worry. You still have some element of of you know 
finger dexterity involved, but it's, an, yeah. it's slow enough, and even at the harder levels, it, it, it paces things up well that you... I don't think anyone really um, would have a problem with being able to do things that they can think through. Yeah. Which is not a standard first-person shooter problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a puzzle game, and it's very well-paced. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's probably about three, four hours long. And, yeah, it, out of it, all the first-person games that I've played this year, I'm talking about Doom, Titanfall 2, they, they switch up the... You know, they switch up the sort of standard that you think for FPS, mm. but none so more than Super Hot. I mean, well. Super Hot is really impressive in the fact that it is based on a single concept and it just really executes its well, yeah. you know, really well. So it does, yeah, yeah completely, completely. Um, I think I'm going to jump in and tell you what my sort of not my best game of the year was but one of the games which i think came from the the right again at the start of the year um but also a first person game and a first person puzzle game oh. which is the witness yeah and i absolutely loved it and i don't think it would be my hidden gem as such um apart from i got into it so much that it's one of those games that you sat there during the day thinking about the solutions to puzzles that I was sat with a notebook and a pen trying to, you know, help me trying to work out these puzzles. Um, And it was just, I think it was just constructed so well, you know, moving through the, the, the island to get to different puzzles, the different areas, the, the different kinds of the different types of puzzle. And we're talking about having one idea um, and, and, you know, mm. the, the whole idea of the witness is you have a board in front of you which has a puzzle on it which you need to solve. And there has so many different elements to these puzzles that you do, you know, maybe four or five which got progressively harder. But then suddenly they'd add another element to it. And it just changed it enough that it just kept you going. And I think I must have, you know, I, I actually it's it's. I think it's the only game this year that I haven't finished, but I'm right at the end. Um, but there's this part where you can get into a secret chamber within the mountain. And that is, that is a lot of puzzles that you have to do within a certain time before it locks you out and you have to start again. And I'm stuck on that bit, but I must've played that game for about a week, just solid, not playing anything else, just really engrossed in the puzzles really engrossed in the in the world and finding all the environmental puzzles and and that was just it was really really good and i know that it it was recently on sale at least on psn and it's been on sale on steam and stuff so it's one of those games that if you're looking for something different and you like a puzzle game that you know that when the sales roll around again that it's probably going to be um quite a cheap quite a cheap buy because when it released it was a full 30 odd pound game i think yeah, um, it was. It, Which it, I commend Jonathan Blow for. It's yeah. like this game took him five, six years for. He should charge thirty, forty quid for it. Yeah, yeah. not only because it's a masterpiece, but because I think in terms of, I think it had over eight hundred puzzles, and most people took probably about forty hours to complete it. Mm, that's a, that's a ridiculous amount of work to go into a game, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's. It's definitely one of the standouts of the of the year for me. Um, 
Lucy, we all know that Hitman's your favourite game. <laughs> Probably it ever. Uh, not ever. There's a lot of problems to it, but in terms of, you know, a sandbox, in terms of you can do whatever you want, and, and it, the game and the mechanics respond to player freedom. That's probably one of the best ones I've yeah. ever played. So what's, say, a hidden gem? What's one of the games that you've played that you think is absolutely fantastic um, for this year that people may have missed? Because, to be honest, Ben, I, I, I would have probably gone for The Witness as well. Yeah. But since you've said that, because um, my top three games of the year are probably Hitman, Inside, Inside, inside mm. is Perfection in every single way, sound design, level design, puzzles, whatever. Um, Witness, I'd say, yeah, that's what a game. Like, same, same with me. I never finished that. I, um, yeah. I bought it on PlayStation. I thought I'm going to have to buy it on Xbox too because that's my main console of choice. I'm going to have to buy it on that to actually finish it. Still haven't. But <laughs> <laughs> it's such an amazing game in terms of it's teaching you a language and you just progress yes, in yes. terms of that. And it's just. But anyway, uh, not to get into the weeds there. Um, I would say Doom, but mm. it's not really. It's not really a hidden gem. I mean, no. there's so many indie games that came out last year that I could mention. I'm talking about the Turing Test, Hugh, um, Rusty Lake Roots, Rusty Lake Hotel. Um, just so many, but I have to go against the grain and just say Doom because yeah, what a game. Well, I know we talked about it last podcast, but mm-hmm. I, it's just... When I was talking about, um, when we were talking about Superhot with the deal, and he was saying, you know, it switches up the first-person concept. Um, so does Doom. It's like, it doesn't switch it up, but it goes back to its roots. Yeah. Uh, when you think of Titanfall 2, I really like Titanfall 2, because it was just like, this is more about platforming and having fun, rather than shooting people in the face, which is more about you know, first-person shooters of today. But Doom is just, like, it's unapologetic, it's unabashed, and it's like, that's all you do, you just shoot people in the face. It's like, <laughs> well, demons. And it's like, you know, it's not aiming down the sights, it's not, you know, um, regenerative health, health, and it's not, it's not like, it's not about, you know, these wave of enemies coming at you you know, just spawning every time and once you kill so many of them, you move on to the next point, following some other NPC, etc, etc. It's just about just fun, frenetic, fast-paced fun. And that's all that it is. And that's what FPSs used to be. Yeah, completely. Um, It's like, whether you grew up playing on PC, I didn't personally. Um, But I know what FPSs used to be. And when you think about now, and there's so much into it, it's like, you know, you can upgrade this, that, you know, in terms of your character and your personality, etc. You can upgrade this, you can get a few perks here, a few perks there. It's just about getting accessing different guns as far as, you know, you go in the campaign. And it's just the bigger and badder they get. I mean, you get yeah, the yeah. we all know what that stands for. And yeah. it's like... You just you just plow down enemies, and it's all the in these well designed arenas, and you're just jumping from platform to platform, shooting from the hip, killing these demons, 
without any sense. Everyone says, oh, yeah, Doom's got a really good story, but, you know, no one's actually going to look in these, you know, logs, et cetera, and <laughs> things. It's yeah. like, who cares when you're having that much fun? Yeah, you're not going to stop yeah. and slow down and think, oh, yeah, let me read this auto log or something like that. You just want to go to the next part, get that next piece of the action and just go to the next arena and just just lay down hell it's like yeah it's just such a good game and it's not it's not really a hidden gem what i'd say because a lot of people you know praise and it's like a lot of people probably played it but it's just like it's so good and for me to say that probably about a big triple a game that's a first person shooter it's quite strange so and the franchise yeah. Yes. Considering the last one was, it, it it was pretty, but it didn't set the world on fire in terms of its. It wasn't Doom, but this is Doom, and this mm. is what first-person shooters should technically be. If you're going to go one way, you go Titanfall. It's just pure fun. It's not about the shooting. It's more about the traversal and stuff like that, and switching up the mechanics. Sort of like I don't want to spoil it too much, but um, in terms of the time time travel stuff it's either like that or it's you just go back to the basics i mean i played call of duty not recently you know probably about a week ago i finished it and it's like it's good it's a good call of duty campaign but it doesn't really light the world on fire it's nothing different it doesn't stray away from the norm and i think doom does in terms of first person shooter so nice good right let's Let's open up a beer. I've opened up a beer. Oh, which beer did you open up? I have opened up the Cloudwater Double IPA version 10. It's hazy. That's a hazy, hazy beer. Hazy. Look at that. Purple haze. Now, this one's also 9%. Amber haze. Um... It is. It's, uh, it suggests the second of our monthly double IPA releases. Version 10 sees the introduction of oats to the grist and a new hopping regime of recirculated dry hops and more hops pushed from Whirlpool. Mm. So they've created it in a different way to the previous version. but It's got a similar, similar kind of smell. Kind of that tropical Ooh. fruity... Slightly hoppy, not hugely. I taste and smell overbearingly the mosaic hops, and I really like mosaic hops. But that's that's the first thing I got from this. Yeah, yeah. Is anyone getting that? Yeah. Yes, yes, completely. It's mm. it's got a little bit more bitterness to it than the previous beer. It's not quite as refreshing. It's a little bit drier. Maybe that's the. Yeah, you know the hops that they've used, but also the introduction of oats as well. Um, um, just uh, before we move on from the hops, it's uh, got Nelson Sauvignon, uh, Citra Centennial, Vic Secret, Montueca, and Mosaic. Interesting yeah. it's, it's that the, the mosaic, mosaic is can, last, but that's it's, the one I can. Just yeah, but it's quite strong. It, yeah, but it could, have been, it could have yeah. been the dry hop, couldn't it? The, the mosaic could have been used yeah. more for the dry hopping, which is why it gives you that, that, that much more flavour of it and why you're getting it on the nose as well. That. Ooh, mm. you get is that this oatmeal. Their last, is this their latest? Um, as far as I know, yes. 
Let's just stick with Yeah, this. it's the latest that I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish this very soon. This is, this is delightful. Yeah, you get a lot more of that um, that um, maltiness and that sort of a bit of a mm. roasted taste to it near the finish. It's yeah. quite um, quite a heavier taste, but still, I think the actual texture is almost identical to previously. It's still kind of bubbly. Um, it still has that effervescent second wind. Yeah, um, I'd agree with Ben though. It's a bit it's a bit more dry than the um, mm. version nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it's almost a little bit more IPA than the version nine, or at least what you yeah. think of an IPA. It has got that little bit of bitterness. It's a little dry. It's kind of a little more hoppy than the version nine. It's not quite as refreshing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just a bit more flavorful, perhaps. Maybe that is coming more from the the, the, the technique used to to make it um, and the, 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 the and combination the of hops as well. Mm. So. Nice, nice. Let's drink this. Let's drink this. Um, Adol, I'm going to start with you again. And we're going to go with, just briefly, biggest disappointment. You know, we don't like to dwell on disappointing games on the podcast. We like to be a bit more positive and talk about the games we like. So it's just maybe a game that you didn't quite get into or something that you know you didn't really like. Um, again, uh, you've caught me off guard despite me having these questions um, before. <laughs> Um, in fact, right, days you think, ago, you, you, you told me. Um, I. You think about it. You think I about actually, it. I, we can, can move I, to somebody else if you need no, a move. Not me. To you, Ben. Um, can I, <laughs> instead of it mentioning a specific game, just. I mean, there's the one we talked about at length in August that everyone uh, tops their lists, I think, on the man's game. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. um, I think I'd rather just say Triple um, A. Um, okay. And, and uh, no, uh, yeah, triple A and and franchise fatigue is actually probably a better term. Um, I feel like th- this has been the worst year for franchise fatigue, and that's because really? for me anyway. Yeah. But I mean, I think I'm probably tying it to the holiday season 2015 up until now as well. So mm. I'm thinking of like your syndicates, up, Assassin's Creed Syndicate to now, including your Far Cry Primals, like. Nothing really jumped out. Um, I, I I didn't get a chance to play Titanfall 2. I heard good things, but I can't really call that a franchise um, mm. as it has, you know, two fairly, like, fairly recent games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not many people played the first one. Um, so I'm going to give it a pass on franchise. But, you know, COD just got worse, apparently, to the point where I know, except for people like Lucy, who... Or do the first person campaigns or keen on them. I don't really know people who say anything about them. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, um, I mean, battlefield is, is an, is an exception, I guess, but I haven't played a battlefield game in, in donkey's years. So I don't even know how much of it is a rehash, but it doesn't, it felt fresh to me. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to at least leave it like till at there. Um, and I might think of a specific yeah, game fair. as you guys go through. Um, I, I I think mine's not well. Mine is a game, but it's not the game. I'm I'm Sorry, disappointed because that was like 1994. Yes. I'm disappointed <laughs> with Stardew Valley. Really? I'm not disappointed with the game. I'm yeah. disappointed with myself for not <laughs> making the time to play it. Yeah. I've spent about an evening on it. 
Yeah, you were I quite think, chuffed with it too. I, I, yeah, and I, I, I really liked the evening that I'd spent with it. It was nice and relaxing. It was chilled. You know, we discussed how, you know, was I thinking about it in the wrong way that, you know, it wasn't presenting itself as a game. And it, it said, go and meet all of these people. And I thought, right, I need to go and meet all of these people. I was trying to, to you know, achieve something when actually – I could meet all of those people throughout the course of the game. I didn't need mm. to go and do it before I moved on to something else. Um, but just with having um, Evelyn not sleeping well and with the reflux and stuff, her wanting to sleep on somebody and that being me. So my partner Kim can get some sleep. Um, I sort of almost been stuck on the sofa and been playing a lot of PlayStation games rather than, you know, maybe setting up or going out and picking up a steam link and actually being able to use my, um, you know, my PC to be able to play some games, even whilst sat on the sofa. So I think it's more disappointment with myself. I've not, you know, taken my, my PC gaming and especially Stardew Valley a little bit more seriously mm. this year. It's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. So uh, let me just get, get this straight. Your biggest disappointment, disappointing game is you not playing a game that's all about chilling and relaxing and you're disappointed that you didn't treat it more like a job and dedicate time to it. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, why not? My disappointment of the year is probably just as bizarre. You know? Well, I, I was disappointed in a genre that, uh, or in, in, in the industry, in the industry, general, large. sort yeah. of. Well, Adil, I'm disappointed in you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed that people didn't appreciate 2016 for what an amazing year of games it was. It's absolutely incredible. We'll look back and we'll think, yeah, oh. 2016 is absolutely incredible in terms of games. I didn't say gaming was bad. I said AAA was. AAA, but I'm thinking AAA. Oh, yeah, AAA. I, 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 I agree. I agree. We've got Doom. Watch Dogs Two was. I haven't played too much of it, but everyone's saying it's an improvement over the previous one, which you know isn't hard to be fair. But we've got things like um, <laughs> that. That's. I think that's a win for me. <laughs> yeah, it's quite you know. <laughs> not for, not for your Watch point, Dogs but for mine. One couldn't get worse. So. Hey, hey. <laughs> I, I mean, I you know, I've I've loved a lot of the games that have come out this year, especially some of the AAA ones, like The Division. I've got back into that a huge amount over the that winter with the survival yeah, like, expansion. I wouldn't count the Division personally, but tweet no, you, yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, Battlefield <laughs> One, I'm really that was enjoying one. still. That was my concession. Yep. Yeah. So st- well, still GT, winning. To be fair, was better than every other Call of Duty, and since like Modern Warfare Three, maybe. In fact, I did like Advanced I feel like campaign. when I say franchise fatigue, I'm saying things mm. have been on a downward slope, and you saying yes, but it's, it's two steps above the worst parts of the slope doesn't win me against it's still not been, it's still been lackluster. Yeah. I what get you, you in terms of sales because sales have been down, they but have. in terms of people praising it, it's probably actually been up this year. Yeah, but, also, yeah I, I have le- heard yeah. a lot of good things about its single-player campaign. Mm. Um, yeah. late, in, late in the year as well, uh, definitely a return to form, or at least in my opinion, uh, Final Fantasy XV. Mm. I'm 
I, I, I got it for Christmas. I've almost finished it. I have been playing that a lot. I'm really enjoying Final Fantasy yeah, 15. I haven't it's, actually it's, it's started it up yet, so that's on me. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, one that's maybe not franchise fatigue. However, we haven't had a, a, a mainline Final Fantasy game for a, a while now, um, several years. Um, My but, but only a month for, since the people. previous Final Fantasy game that wasn't mainline. Yeah, it's That's been a while, true. hasn't it? Yeah, but my biggest disappointment was that not enough people played Hitman. I mean, come on, people, sort yourselves oh, out. Hitman. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to throw in my face when I said AAA gaming. I mean, I could throw that in everyone's face. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like not just you; it it's like why did not? So, why did people not play Hitman? I actually, come on, come I think on. Hitman and uh, and Superhot and even Stardew Valley all. all uh, and Inside, I haven't played, but from what I heard, are all really good examples. You haven't played Inside? No. I'm the, I, I, had, on, I had a Topsy Turvy 2016. I'm going to help you. Okay? Um, but the point is, <laughs> what I was trying to make was that there's, especially with narratives, especially in mm. indie games, um, a lot of work. And, and plus we have, like, technical stuff that, like, Superhot is, like, a gorgeous one f- wonderful fun tech demo like turn into a game solidly it's not just a a tech demo they made it into an entire experience like there was a lot of innovation in in gaming um not including vr which is its own thing we can leave out of the conversation and i think my point still stands um but a lot of the bigger games just chose chose to do the same thing um it's you know the ubisoft syndrome of Reskin, yeah. repeat, like steep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah steep. Sorry to interrupt, but 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 you've both tried VR. Just PlayStation VR, from my understanding, Ben. I'm sure you tried other yeah. VRs. A deal. Yeah. Do you think VR was a uh, disappointment this year? Um, I think uh, because I have ha- had the privilege of playing VR games for a couple of years now. I think yeah. things like Batman VR, which got a lot of people excited, I felt ripped off um, yeah. because it was so short and was just a skin of some really cool motion control and head tracking. But once you get past that, like, there's not a lot there. Yeah. Um, some of the smaller games um, were a lot more fun. I actually think the best thing in the PlayStation VR worlds and demo stuff was the head pong game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, VR has a lot, a lot to go. It's all based on the developers, though. Um, yeah, this is sure. where um, things like Windlands um, really excelled because it has been. It came out with the Rift, and then the, with the Vive, and now with PSVR. And it's that that's we're seeing the the inverse of what we're now what we've has become sort of rote, which is that. It's become standard now for games to come, at least more complicated games to come out on the consoles, yeah. And then, then six to twelve down the road, then the PC. We're actually seeing the inverse of that, where people are developing for the Rift and or the Vive. Then they yeah. go to the one they didn't do. Then they're pushing to PSVR. Now we'll probably see some more simultaneous push, but we're definitely mm-hmm. seeing it in the PC sphere first, which unfortunately is just PC gaming. Uh, all in itself is tiny and PC VR gaming is even more so, but that's yeah, where we're going to yeah. see the innovation. And that well, now that the Oculus touch controllers are out there, 
I think we're going to see a, a larger uh, output of games because now all three platforms have some two-handed motion control. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well that's, the, that's the thing about success. I mean, people deem it in different ways. I mean, some people will consider 2016 a disappointment. I don't think that at all. We had good AAA games as far as I'm concerned, but we didn't have a witness. Sorry, we didn't have a Witcher, and we didn't have yeah. a Metal Gear. Oh no, but, but blood, blood and wine, blood and wine. That's a, that's oh, what I'm saying. We best didn't, we DLC an ever. It's like some people would consider, you know, you didn't have these big AAA fifty plus hour experiences, but we had the Witness. We had Inside, which mm, is yeah. probably the most perfect well, game so I've that- ever played. Ever. I watch. And that's why I think Firewatch. it was a great... Yeah. These are all great games that uh, I've played a little bit of or heard a lot of things or watched Let's Plays of. And yeah. that's why I think 2016 was a great year for gaming. I just think it wasn't a great year for for the top. Triple A, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, did, it just deems what... You, it's just yeah. dependent on what you think is... What, what, what speaks to you? Because, yeah, there weren't too many RPGs this year, but I don't give a shit about RPGs. Yeah, so it's, it's like... Yeah. If Fallout never came out for another year in, for the rest of my life, I, I wouldn't fa- be upset. Fallout was this year, so. wasn't it? No, it Fallout was last, was last year. year. Oh, it was last year, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was a disappointment for... It, it, uh, not a disappointment, but I don't think it reached the heights that people thought it would, but it's not... No, like, completely. It's, it's, no, it's pretty much the year before that, the, the game three, of the year right? was Shadow of Mordor, and it's like, come on now. It's like, <laughs> any year after that, even though South Park stiffed you know, the stick of truth should have won game of the year. It's like any year when Shadow of Mordor wins game of the year, any year after that is going to seem incredible. So, right on that heightening and, and very you know, excellent note, we shall finish for a week. Um, just to answer your question, Lisa, you said, Am I disappointed with VR? I don't think I can be disappointed with VR because I didn't have any expectations for it. Yeah. So, for me, it was just what it was. Yeah. Um and I I I want to try it. I want to keep playing. I want to keep trying different VR games um and expand sort of what I played. Um but it's just having the opportunity to. Uh but I'm going to talk about that in the next episode because Adam you very kindly lent me your PSVR uh, well, unit over Christmas. But what didn't I lend you by accident? No games, no games. We'll talk about that in the next episode. <laughs> so Lucy, I think I already know the answer. But out of the version 9 and the version 10, Cloudwater, double IPA, which did you prefer? Oh, 10. All the way. All the way. Uh, It's less less hoppy and, as you say, maybe even carbonated, but it's those mosaic hops. They just come through. And me personally, I very much like um, beers with mosaic hops, like the Colonel. um, They Mm. use... A lot of mosaic hops in terms of um, their IPAs and everything like that. So this is really nice for version ten. I think just stop iterating on this. You know, you don't need to go any further. I, I, version I 10, agree. Version ten, you nail on the head. I just agree. Stop. I think the version ten is definitely my favourite for all the, the same reasons that you've just said, Lucy. Uh, Adol, how about you? Um, although I just um, told Lucy, well, you never know. They, just because it's an excellent beer now doesn't mean they can't do better. Uh, I will borrow from their numbering system and give them the same ratings as their numbers. I'm going to give uh, a 9 out of arbitrary number that is close to but not quite 10. 
um, and then 10 uh, to, to the 9 and the 10 to the 10. I think they're probably about that distance apart. There's something actually yeah, okay. I really liked about the 9, that sort of the, that, that tropically but still IPA-ness. They ma- the, the way they managed to balance that I think is, is more unique than we initially gave it credit. Um, and it, I, I could easily down a few of them in qu- quick order. Um, but also one of the reasons I couldn't do the same, uh, with the 10 is because I, I just want, want the taste to last sort of fit in my mouth. Um, rather than I, I, even though it's drier, which usually means I I take a sip sooner, I'm just finding myself nursing the 10 because I'm satisfied with the taste despite my mouth drying out. And that's, that's the, that's the easy signifier that I like it more. Yeah. Good. Right, I've got to go and see a lady about a baby. So let's round it up with how people can contact us. Lucy, how do people tell you whether they like the version 9 or 10 or what their favourite games of the year were? Short and sweet, it's Juicy Loose 9 on Xbox, PlayStation and Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh no, nice. come on. It's Nintendo. You're going to be 9764 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, yeah, well, you, I, I noticed you didn't actually get to that point before I started yelling numbers in your face. So I <laughs> you thought remember I would. why Twitter tag more than I do. So, yeah. um, you can reach me at the Omniarch, T H T H E O M N I A R C H, on all of the things. That's Xbox, PSN, Steam, and if you put an underscore after the the and before the Omniarch, well, that's. Unfortunate choice of words before the Omniarch. Um, <laughs> the underscore Omniarch, uh, you'll find me on Twitch. And, of course, you can see us at outoflives.net. And can. the rest of the Out of Lives plugs I'll leave to Ben. Okay, um, I'm at Nova underscore 47 on Twitter. I'm Nova 47 on a lot of other gaming platforms, which you can find me on. Um, tanked Up, as an entity, is Tanked Up underscore cast. On Twitter, it's tankedup.cast at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us a long-form email and tell us about your experiences with life, beer, games, whatever the fuck you like, really. Um, or, as Adol said, you can go to outoflives.net to look at articles, other podcasts, the reimagining of websites and entertainment networks, as we know it, coming very soon, I believe. Um, but we'll keep that on the hush. Don't tell anyone about that. Yeah. Also, Facebook. I was hoping you'd plug the Facebook page. Oh, yes, the Facebook page, the Facebook page. We, we, we say this every time. We're going to use it more. We're going to use it more, and we use it just as much as we did previously, which is very little. Uh, we we did a is. few extra posts in, in the, uh, the December. We did, we did. We've had a large, long holiday, I suppose you can say. But we're going to be back on it. We're going to be getting into it for 2017. Woo! But... Oh, actually, I, I, love, I like the enthusiasm. Yes, um, I, I do have a question for you, listeners. Please contact us at, at the aforementioned uh, Twitter and/or email address. Um, are, would you guys like to see uh, us do our beer reviews on on the videos? No, 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 you won't. <laughs> um, I would. Logistics, however, yeah, yeah, I suggest others. 
I'm curious if people were interested, not saying that we're committing to it. So they can actually see the beer. The cloudiness of the V10. Yes, the haziness of the V10. Good, right. For another week. I'm kind of feeling it a little bit. Two two nine percent beers. I'm feeling a little bit tanked. Not quite. Tanked underscore up? No wait, that's not right. Tanked underscore up, yes, exactly. Good. For another week we've been tanked up. Take it easy. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. It's a game, you see. Oh, what's the game? It's called Candle. It's point and click. Um, oh, nice. You point at the wick and click it and then watch it burn slowly. You do, actually. You do, actually. And that's but all the you thing do. Is, is that it's very intensive in terms of how much memory it uses because um, what the developers did, they made like every single frame. It was, it's all like a watercolor picture. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's only like five years to make, so. <sighs> on this four-year-old Mac, I want to close it down. Uh, so but, by the way, we, we apparently started 45 seconds ago because we talked about an indie game and PC gaming needing resources. That's Good. fine. It can be part of the, um, the, what do call it, the bloopers. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking of putting this at the front because uh, we've been playing with cold opens. It's great because I could just see Ben waiting for us to stop talking for for just a little bit of time. I'm so sorry, Ben. So sorry. I hope you put the hour in. And you're going to say something like, Telcom to wanked up. I just know it. I've got myself a glass of water. Fucking show off.